and welcome to this week's episode of How to Breathe So You Don't Look Fat, a podcast titled after a lesson I was taught at eight years old. My name is Anna Mansell and I created the podcast to talk to regular people about the relationship they have with their bodies, self and food. This week's lovely guest is Sarah Kennedy Norquoy. We met on Instagram when I first started sea swimming and I love seeing what she posts about her swims and how sea swimming has changed her life. Now, real talk for a moment, if I may. This was the first podcast I recorded and it shows. I was nervous, a bit uncertain of what I was doing and there are loads of questions I wish I'd asked Sarah that I didn't. I could shelve it on the basis that I was a bit shit, but Sarah wasn't, so I hope you can ignore all my bits and listen to what she has to say instead. We talked about sea swimming, being the first to poke fun at ourselves about our size and how we're beginning to find compassion about our bodies. Hope you enjoy it. So you are Sarah Kennedy. Now, a professional would have already established how you pronounce the last bit of your surname. Is it Norcoy? Yeah, Norcoy. Yeah, that's well done. Excellent work. Very good. I feel a little proud now. (laughs) (laughs) And you, so you're a writer as well as whatever your other day job is. You've written your book um, and you've written magazine articles and things like that as well. What were they about? Yeah, so I, um, I started off my writing career which is in its kind of embryonic stage really I suppose comparatively but um so I've always enjoyed entertaining people through the written word I've I've I just discovered that I could connect with people through writing um and I started writing a blog a few years ago and people really loved it and I thought you know like people on online they can be really lovely but they can also be quite savage can't they if they don't like you they'll vote with their feet and they'll tell you as well yeah um, and I started doing it and actually people really loved it and were really lovely. So I started doing that. Um, then I got sort of did a few sponsored blog posts and things. Um, and then I, I sent an article. So I started sea swimming last year. Um, I sent an article to a, a magazine called Living Orkney. Um, and then they asked me to write some columns for their magazine. So I did some work on that about living so I've written about I write quite a lot about my mum's dementia yeah um, and I wrote an article about living with dementia and then looking at different you know different things that people live with like MS for example or Parkinson's and things so I wrote, wrote some articles for that um and then I published my book earlier this year so it's you know it's it's growing and I'm just getting lots of experience and loving it yeah I loved uh, what I've read so far I haven't read it all yet but what I've read so far I've really enjoyed um so uh and we will I do want to talk a bit more about that because there's there's some questions that I have for you that have come from what I've read so but I suppose first of all I just wanted to say thank you because I am a rookie doing this and the only reason I wanted to start doing the podcast was because you know we hear about the whole body positivity or body neutrality or whatever conversation it does happen and it happens with celebrities invariably that's where we we see that conversation happening but you know I mean you and I are great but we're not celebrities and we don't we're not faced with that same level of scrutiny um and I wanted to have conversations with people that were relatable as I sort of move through this you know journey as well um I wanted to have conversations that were relatable and I'm hoping who knows how many people will listen to our chat um I've no doubt millions in fact thousands and thousands and thousands (laughs) it's the next big thing um but you know even if only one other person listens to it and in fact actually 
even if it's just me and you that ever listen to it uh, and, and we get something from it. I just think it's conversations that need to be happening. Um, so that, so thank you for agreeing to do it and for being my first guest as well. You, I asked you about um, when you first became aware of your body. That moment for me is very specific. I remember it exactly, you know, to the moment in my life. And so I was interested to know from you, um, you know, when that was for you. And you talked about your firstborn who will be 27 and around the pregnancy and that being the moment. Can you expand on that a little bit for me? Yeah, I suppose when I um, was a teenager, I didn't have any issues around weight. I didn't really, you know, I was kind of, I mean, before I go on, like, here's the interesting thing. So I look at you and I just think, well, if I look like you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be worried at all about my weight. No, I'll show you fat. And then, and then somebody else is looking at me and just saying, yeah, well, you're a straight size. So if I looked at you, I, I don't have any problem with your weight. Absolutely. I, so, so it's all relative. Yes. Okay. So I will say that to begin with. And so when I was, you know, 14, 15, I've got photos of me lying in a bikini, completely flat stomach, slim legs. And I'm sure at the time I thought, oh, I'm not as slim as her, um, you know, and because I was comparing. But the time I really noticed for me was when I was pregnant and and in fact, I thought about this afterwards and I, I hadn't said it to you, but I remember being at work and and somebody, a woman said to me, oh, you've got such a wide beam. What? I, think, I know, I know. I, you know, I mean, we're going back 27 years. My daughter will be 27 in October. And she was saying, oh, you know, you've really put weight on on your bum, um, like being pregnant. And, and I just, I mean, I've never forgotten that. I've never no. forgotten that. And the truth was, I did put weight on, a lot of weight on, because, you know, that whole, in those days, they used to talk about eating for two. And yeah. I just I just took it as a just kind of a thing. I can just eat whatever I want. Yeah, but also, and so, you, you were pregnant. You, you can do, you know, you can respond to that in whatever way you want. I, I know, absolutely. And I, you know, and I did. And I, and I can remember... Um, just you know not not really knowing and so I couldn't get back into my jeans of course I couldn't because I just had a baby but just kind of finding that really shocking right um and then and then I sort of started the dieting thing which I now you know I mean just I'm just horrified but dieting doesn't work no. because I have dieted and I think I think I said this to you I've dieted my way up to this size mm. So I've been on a diet for 27 years, on and off, on and off, on and off. Yeah. Um, and I've, I am classic proof that it doesn't work. Um, but I started, yeah, I, you know, I started dieting and then I have been varying sizes through over the last 27 years. My, you know, I've been from a size 12 to a size 20. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I think the thing that I find fascinating about that, particularly with the pregnancy thing, is how how quickly, as soon as you announce that you're pregnant, 
I mean, I, I sort of think that our bodies are everybody else's opinion anyway, but yeah. it, it's like we're public property. When you become pregnant, you are suddenly ripe for anybody to have a, an opinion about you, but but more so they'll actively offer it as well. I mean, some people offer it regardless of pregnancy, but during pregnancy especially, it's that constant, people have constantly got something to say, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, like I would never dream never dream of going up to someone who's pregnant and saying yeah you put really put a lot of weight on your bum haven't you I mean I just like I couldn't believe it no Um, but also conversely the interesting thing was um so when I was pregnant with my second child who's 20 I started swimming and um I swam loads like in the pool and I lost a stone in my pregnancy but it was all done in a very healthy way I mean it wasn't deliberate I wasn't trying to lose weight Mm. but I was just swimming a lot and so I was getting smaller and so by the time I by the time I gave birth I was actually a stone lighter than when I'd actually you know when I'd fallen pregnant yeah and the interesting thing was was that I was praised for that yeah um as if that's a good thing now there was nothing untoward going on that's a Supposing, supposing I'd had some kind of eating disorder where I would, I'd actually had a really unhealthy pregnancy. Yep. Supposing I had, you know, supposing I'd been really um, un- not careful around my pregnancy and and done some quite dangerous things in order to, you know, because I'd been scared of losing weight. That wasn't the story, but that could have been the story. Yeah. And and I've I've discovered as as I've got older, um, I'm quite old now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've discovered that you know we've got to stop praising weight loss, yeah, and you know pitying weight gain because yeah. we don't know. We've no idea what the story is around those two things. And for somebody who has had an eating disorder and now have gained weight, that could be a really positive thing because it yeah. means mentally they're much better. Yes, yeah. Um, it's so. It's- you know, I mean, even when you know that, though, you know, I have lost uh, a bit of weight um, over this last six months. Um, And even knowing that that is not the message that I want to hear or that I want to say or any, you still get caught up in, oh, well done. Like, well done. Why is that a well done? It's absolute nonsense. Absolutely. And that message to myself, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here because you know, I have gained weight during lockdown. Um, for me, I used to swim every morning before work, half a mile, at least half a mile in the pool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I used to go to spin classes and things and I would do um, what I call incidental exercise, lots of going up and down stairs and working in and out of the car, going to, you know, going to people's houses and stuff. And so I, that all stopped in lockdown, yeah. didn't yeah. swim and I gained weight. And I berated myself for that. And then if I feel like I've lost some, I'm happy. So I need to tell myself all of the, you know, never mind saying anything to anybody else. I need to get these messages to myself. Yeah. But then I think there's also something around um, 
you know, I'd love to be able to reprogram myself. I'd love to be able to, to for that, none of those conversations to happen in my head and for none of that to be an issue. But I think I have to accept that, you know, I'm 43 now and I remember the moment when I was eight years old when I became body aware um, and then many, many moments since that point. And that's that's 35 years of conditioning that you cannot unlearn, you cannot unprogram yourself. You have to adjust. And like you say, it's that moving forward thing, isn't it? So for me, it's about remembering logically, intellectually, when I am being, you know, if I weigh myself and I've maintained my weight and I go, oh, well done. And actually in my head, I have to remind myself that my first response is not necessarily the right response because it's it's a nonsense. If I put even a pound on, I will still think to myself, oh, God, mm, maybe I should. And you have to, mm-hmm. you know, it could be for a whole host of reasons. And it's it, it's yeah. it's a nonsense. It's yeah. a nonsense. And I've spent years and years. I mean, I don't anymore. But, you know, I've gone to the diet clubs and and. You know, we're all the same. Like you go to the toilet before you get weighed, and yep. you pick your light clothes. What? Yes. Oh my gosh! I could, you know, and and it's. I talk about the wallpaper of society. It's the constant, constant drip feeding. Yeah. Um. And I I always say this. So at Christmas, it's like treat yourself, buy the chocolates, eat the cheese, do this. You know. You know. Have all these things. Luxury. This. Da 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 da. As soon as Christmas is over, it's like, look at you, you big fat pig, go on a diet. Yeah. And then that advertising diet, you cannot win. No. You can't win because no. it's so toxic. And then and then you look at magazine covers. I mean, I, I don't read magazines really, but um No. But if you look at covers on they certainly used to, they'd see, you know, a celebrity in a bikini and they'd be like, Oh, she's piled on the pounds and and it's like okay. It's- horrendous I mean it's constant messaging isn't it it is constant messaging I mean I'm not anti-dieting as such because I think that for me to get to where I am now I don't know which is the most positive and the most compassionate I've been about my body in my entire adult life I don't know if I'd have got there without having lost the uh, lost two stone I don't know whether I'd have got there without having lost that two stone or not I might have but but uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not convinced. I don't know is the answer to that, I suppose. So I'm not anti-diet per se. However, I'm with you. Every single one that I've ever done over the many, many years since the first one I ever went to when I was about 17. Um, and, I, you know, I had eating disorders when I was a teenager. So there was there was a lot of restriction going off uh, before that point anyway. Um, but, yeah, the same. You lose the weight and you gain it and then a bit more and then you lose the weight and then you gain it again and another bit more. And suddenly you're the biggest, like you say, the biggest that you, you've ever been. So uh, I know as a, and again, intellectually, I know as a function it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there is something about that compassion and that forgiveness that goes, if for me to get to where I want to be, I have to lose a little bit of weight because that makes me feel better. You know, that's where I'm at kind of thing. But I find it interesting that you that you didn't have that kind of... Um, any body or body awareness or body concerns before getting pregnant 
as a child, the women around you, was everybody, were people fairly confident in their bodies? Were Did you get any of that messaging when you were younger at all and just... I don't, I don't recall it. I mean, my mum was a nurse um, and there were certainly, there were certainly some issues around food. Right. You say that. Um, and I, so I would have, I can remember as a child dipping my finger, licking my finger, dipping it in the sugar bowl and just like doing that. Um, I mean, I grew up in the seventies. Food was very different. It, it was, you know, it, it's, and, and I, I, you know, I tell a lie because I guess in the late, very late eighties, early nineties, I would have been about so very early nineties. I remember that hip and thigh diet, and I remember yeah. doing that. You know, I do remember doing that actually. Yeah. Um, that was before I was pregnant. So, um, and doing it, and you know, and like cutting out all fat, and but saying that sugar was acceptable. You know, I'm horrified now to think. So so the comment about me when I was pregnant is one that re- that has gone in yeah. but actually there must have been issues before that because um I can remember doing the hip and thigh diet and yeah. you know starting to restrict food and and look at food you know instead of being neutral about food which I mean I'm 50 and I'm only just beginning to look at food in a neutral way yes um so you know I've got a lot of unlearning to do but I was looking at you know food groups as the enemy all the time yeah this is bad this is good yeah um, well it was the, I mean in the 90s is when the the first sort of time when carbs were considered to be bad I, yeah. you know that's yeah. I don't remember them being an issue beforehand they uh, were cheap and easy and filling but yeah. from the 90s onwards it was oh yeah. no you don't eat carbs and yeah. carbs and bread yeah and I suppose as well for me growing up as a teenager we didn't have oh I sound like such a crony but like we didn't have the internet right I didn't have, yeah <laughs> didn't have we didn't have mobile phones we didn't have all those things the only thing I had was Jackie magazine which was pretty yeah <laughs> 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 yeah yep. I remember having a magazine called Hi. I don't know, nobody else ever remembers it. And the only reason I remember having that magazine was because my dad used to pick me up on a Sunday. I'd go around to his and he'd take us to get a, a, a magazine from the, the shop. And I'd pick it up and he'd always pick it, take it from me and go, hi. And then that, and that was it. And just, and every week he did the same thing. And that, <laughs> him saying that word has stuck in my head, but nobody ever remembers the, the magazine itself. But it was that or Jackie, I always remember yeah. having. Jackie, Jackie was, you know, it was a rite of passage, wasn't it, to have yeah. Jackie? Yeah. But probably pretty benign compared to some of the magazine content that you would get today. I mean, I won't have them in the house. Yeah. No, I mean, I've no doubt it's, I, I, I'm horrified more and more. So my children scraped through at 20, almost 27 and 20, they kind of scraped through, you know, social media wasn't even the place that it was when my daughter was a teenager. Yeah. Um, my son a little bit more, but, you know, um, but but even so, I mean, that's the other thing, which I'm, I, my son is naturally very slim he just food he has no complicated relationship with food at all yeah. it's just food is fuel yeah. if I to eat I'll eat and if I don't I don't mm-hmm. you know he doesn't have any issues around food as far as I know unless he's hiding a secret but you know he's just like um 
but I also kind of know that as a woman, I have projected my body image stuff onto my daughter. And if I could turn back time, mm. I would totally, totally do it differently. Um, and I, in fact, I even very, very recently, I apologized to her for projecting all of that crap onto her because, mm. um, you know, it's, and, and again, it's to do with wall, the wallpaper of society. We're just, we're just drip fed all of this poison yeah. all day, every day from every source. Yeah. Um, it's funny isn't it the whole the thing around the kids is is in my head a lot at the moment because I've done this I've tried very actively because I know that that I learned my behavior from the women in my life as I was growing up I've worked really hard to uh neutralize that conversation at home and and also to not so the word fat is not a bad word in our house. It's not, uh, you know, it's not a negative thing. I, I have always tried to own that as being just a thing. I am fat. It's fine. You know, there are worse things you can be. There is nothing, mm-hmm. I, I'm, you know, I'm active. I just happen to be fat as well. But I definitely feel that shift in tone coming because as I move closer to that sort of space of neutrality, I feel like I want to have more more honest conversations, I suppose. I've, I've pretended that I've been fine for my entire life. I mean, my kids are still quite young, so my eldest is 15. Uh, and I don't think he, I mean, he's the same. You know, if I'm hungry, I'll eat something. If there's something more interesting to do on the Xbox, then I'll go and do that instead. Um, my daughter is 11. She's just gone up to the senior school, and that's... It, that's a tricky time it's a tricky time for girls um, their bodies are changing quite significantly and she doesn't appear to have any sort of issues around food at the moment or or her relationship to her body but you just don't know do you you don't know what's going off in the head um and I think the difficult thing is the thing that I've always found difficult is that you've got to eat so you know if people want to stop smoking you can you can I mean, you know, smokers might out there might just think, shut up, so you've no idea what you're talking about. But <laughs> if, you, you know, if you wanted to stop smoking, you can actually live without cigarettes. It's possible yeah. to live without cigarettes. It's possible to live without alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, it's possible to live without these things, but you have to eat. Yeah. You're um, surrounded by your triggers every day. Every day. And, and mm. the other thing is, is, so your biscuits are two for the price of one or reduced price. You don't get that on your vegetables and your fruit and your, you don't get that around the, I don't want to use the word good and bad, but you know, the, the kind of perceived healthier food, yeah. the healthier, you don't get those two for one. You don't, you know, you never see two for one on cauliflower, No, but you always see it on the sweets yes. and the sugary products and the, you know, which is kind of empty calorie stuff. And so you can think, oh, I'm getting a good deal. And, and then mentally you think about treating yourself and Mm -hmm. oh you know i've earned this because i'm a dog (laughs) 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 you know i've been a good girl so i've earned my treat i was also interested to note that you said that um and I think you've said this on Instagram as well, that during lockdown you sort of found, and turning 50, you sort of found a new a new compassion towards yourself. 
definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, how, how did that come about, do you think? Was there a moment? Um, so I, when I was 49, I did a list of things to do while I was still 49. For some reason, you know, um, call it a midlife crisis, whatever you like. But so I decided that before I turned 50, I wanted to do these 49 new things. And some of them were bigger than others. Like some of them, I saw a calf being born, for example, which was quite exciting for me. Um, I pulled a pint. I'd never pulled a pint in my life. And one of those things was to do wild swimming. And so I, so January 2019, I went wild swimming. Um, yeah. Absolutely got hooked, totally hooked. And I swim outdoors in the, in the sea as many days of my life that I can. But you know, well, you said in your um, uh, you said in the a diary entry in your book, um, you said something incredible is happening to me. I only started sea swimming nine days ago. I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can relate to that. But talk, talk, talk to me about that. How? What was that? How did that make you feel? I think it was. I was so um, getting so connected to something that was beyond my wildest expectations so for me the thought of going into six degrees water yeah um it's quite a bit colder up your way yeah it is yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know the thought of doing that and and the fact that I could do this thing um and I was enjoying it and it and it became it's so natural to me now it's just as natural as walking the dog is what I say for me yeah all year in fact the colder the better I love it and I love the fact that I could do the kind of mind over matter thing um and I could do it and I you know was just connecting with people and with nature and people on Instagram yeah. because I, I discovered that not only was I swimming in the sea I wanted to look at pictures of everybody else doing it and yeah all of that kind of thing but but also the thing for me was I, I started, you, you just get really used to bodies when you swim in the sea. I don't know if you find that, but you yeah. just get so used to bodies. Um, all shapes and sizes, nobody cares. I mean, no. I just, no one cares. And But ahead. also you, uh, I sometimes I think about this when I'm, I, so I'll swim a little bit and then I just sort of float in it. I just sort of hang in the water. Yeah. And the thing for me about that is that in that moment, I am completely weightless. I am free of any feeling about my body. It has, you know, it's almost irrelevant in that moment. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think you're so... Um, and I, I've really connected with some fantastic people mm. who've been so accepting, um, and that's been really wonderful. And and the the group of people on Instagram that you know you, you sort of get joined into are all you know everybody's going through something, yeah, um, and and everybody's sharing their story and and just just more willing to just be open about it. And so that's how I've now I've become more compassionate around my body because yeah. I started to really listen to those people and look at those things and rewire my brain and that is a constant constant thing it's yeah. constantly rewiring constantly saying to myself it's okay to do these things and it's all right to look how you look um and I was recently gifted a piece of swimwear in return for some <laughs> yeah you know I so initially I thought oh my god no thanks I'll no thanks to the swimsuit 
um because i said i'd rather die than take my photo and then i thought well i'll always regret that yeah i met up with a lovely friend of mine who is the polar opposite to me in terms of body shape and size really really slim and she you know the other thing i've discovered through this sea swimming is that people have issues around their body no matter what size they are yeah i had a friend who you know i just i looked at her and i thought she's really slim and so therefore she must be really happy with herself and she's like oh i'm so hairy i just i want to cover my body up all the time Mm. i'm thinking what Mm um anyway this this friend she encouraged me to do this kind of like wonder woman pose where you really stand and pull yourself up and and have has your power pose my power pose which is totally a thing now I'm doing yeah. it all the time. um but she just was really lovely and accepting and she didn't you know she sent me a message and she said I don't see what you are seeing in yourself she said I see somebody with great skin who's warm and friendly and kind and you're mm. fun and you've got lovely eye. you know all of these things she was just pointing out all of these things that had nothing to do with my shape and size yeah um and she took all of these photos and she was so lovely. And then I put these photos on Instagram and I'm not kidding. I was shaking with nerves when I uploaded yeah. them. Yeah. Um, so I thought I'm, I'm really out there now. You know, I'm in this strapless yeah. swimsuit and I've got big boobs, you know, they, I need scaffolding. Right. And, um, <laughs> I, you know, and I put these pictures up. In fact, I tested the swimsuit in the kitchen by hopping up and down my husband walked in and was like, <laughs> like a cartoon, his eyes popped out of his head. Or knocked out of his head, I don't know. Uh, and so, I, anyway, I uploaded these and I had such a fantastic response and such an amazing response. And that all helps with the rewiring. I mean, I still look at some of those images and think, oh, I'm not too sure, I'm a bit wobbly there. Mm. But such an amazing response and people were so so kind yeah and so lovely about it that I I loved it I loved that post and I love the power pose the concept of the power pose I think is brilliant and every time I go down the beach I think to myself I should I need to do I need to do one of Sarah's power poses you know (laughs) because I think I think what I am the process I'm going through um and I think it's quite a privilege now to be a 50 year old woman. I've, you know, yeah. I, it's, I've been on such a journey, sounds yes. very active, doesn't it? But it's really, I'm, I'm so excited at the person that I'm emerging into. Do you feel so, like a butterfly? Yeah, I do. I feel like, I do feel like I'm being reborn. Yeah. Into, you know, and it's, it's really fantastic. And part of that is to do with, it's just a natural progression um yeah. and, and speaking to other women of my age you know it's kind of a natural thing but i'm really embracing it and um i'm loving it so yeah bring on the power pose and do it so you so you did um uh, you started writing the book uh was that at the same time as you started swimming then were those two things connected yeah so um 
you'll know from the beginning of the book that so January last year was quite a pivotal time for me because my one of my closest friends died. My mum was diagnosed with dementia and I started sea swimming. Yeah. And all of those things, there was a lot of there was a lot going on for me. Mm. And I was going through such a powerful experience with the sea swimming that I was thinking, I, I really want to write about this. And but also I was kind of sharing a bit on my old Instagram account, I don't use it anymore, but um, about my mum's dementia and so mm. many people were saying to me that it was really helping and so I thought well I'm going to write this book about the journey here that I've been through with the sea swimming and mum and, and you'll know from the book that you know with each chapter there's a bit about the swimming and there's a bit about mum and how the two kind of helped me how the one helped me cope with the other yeah. and all of grief all of that living grief that I was going through yeah so yeah I, I'd wanted to publish for a long time and I just thought right this is it if I don't do it I'll perhaps never do it yeah. do you think that that helped you that process of writing down obviously it will have helped process the uh, grief and um and that aspect of things but do you think that helped you as far as your body's concerned um I've certainly begun to be a bit more open about it so I always made the, I was always the funny fat girl or I perceived myself, I've been able to make, I've always been able to make people laugh. Mm. So I, you know, when people said to me, who would you have portray you as the, you know, if, if your book became a film, who would you choose? And I said, oh, I've already messaged Dawn French on Twitter. You know, she ignored me. Um, and then somebody said, well, what about Kate Winslet? And I was like, really? So, <laughs> So people were, instead of people saying, um, you know, you're the funny fat girl, they were starting to say, well, actually, you've got a lot more to offer than a body shape. Um, and it's it's been about empowering other people and, and encouraging other people as they do me. It's a two way street. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it has helped. Definitely. That's amazing. I I love that idea. I mean, as a writer as well, I suppose I would. But the idea that writing something uh, helps you process it. I mean, I think that's a lot of what we do as writers anyway, um, yeah. is processing yeah. whatever it is that we're exploring is a process. It, we're, we are processing uh, our responses to things, our perception of things. One of the things that I find really interesting, just going back to... Um, what you were saying about always being the one to take the mick out of yourself. I think there's some, there was something in, uh, I think that was in the book as well about uh, rescue teams harpooning you and dragging you back into the water. I mean, it's, it's, it's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing to say to yourself, isn't it? Or about yourself. Mm -hmm. And we do do this all the time. Mm -hmm. And yet you'd never say that about somebody else you would never say that about a friend I know and that's the really interesting thing actually is that I say all those mean things about myself that I would never say to my friend um and so this is where I'm having to unlearn and rewire my brain mm. instead of um instead of saying those mean things and I do acknowledge at the very beginning of the book I do say you know, you might twitch when you read some of the things I say about myself. Mm. That was where I was at the time. Yeah. Doing the work now. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I talk about us all being on a journey and sometimes we go forward, sometimes we stop and sit down and don't move, you know, we have a little rest and 
sometimes we go backwards actually and you know and it, you're kind of you always transitioning in this along this road yeah um so I do acknowledge that I I you know it, it's not nice things I say about myself um but it was just so habitual yeah so habitual to say those things and now I keep myself in check a lot more and so now I resist that urge to yeah. say I really do resist that urge now you know because of 50 years of conditioning when somebody gets a camera I'm like don't get my chin like hold it yeah up. yeah oh get me in a good light and you know don't like don't get my boobs in and don't blah, 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 blah. yeah uh, so I'm still doing I still naturally go back to that but I am I am trying much harder now to to catch those thoughts and those that urge to put myself down as soon as I see or hear something about myself yeah and change it and say a much kinder thing yeah it is hard I mean I it was only a couple of weeks ago um I was I was out with uh, our mutual friend Mermaid Laura. Yeah. Um, I was out. We went down to a tidal pool that she quite often goes to, and you know what? I mean, Laura, she photographs everything. She, you know, she 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 captures the moment, and that's one of the really beautiful things about her Instagram feed is all of these moments that are, ca- are captured. Um, mm-hmm. I remember last year seeing her. So there's a, the groups and I swimmers that meet on a Monday morning um, at 10 o'clock, I believe. Um, and I remember sort of kind of yearning to join them. And the reason I didn't join them at that point was because I knew that Laura would get her phone out and, capture it on video capture everybody running into the sea or you know take a photo of everybody and what have you and she's perfectly entitled to that and I'm sure the people who are captured are perfectly fine with it but I just knew that I was not okay with that I did not want that so we went down to the tidal pool a couple of weeks ago and I I'm clambering down she was behind me I'm clambering down she whips her phone out and she went just stay there and my body I froze and I thought I want to say no I want to say no and the other part of me was going it's all right. It's just a photo. It's fine. You don't have to panic about this. Mm-hmm. But that is that first response, isn't it? Just fear. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Exactly. Um, you know, even now, after all the, you know, the positive self-talk that I'm giving, I'm horrified, like horrified to think that I might be tagged in a photo, in a swimming photo, mm. where I just, you know, I'm getting into the sea and I'm really choosy about what I show. Yeah. I mean, there are, there's a group of women on Instagram now that just let it all out. And they're, you know, a lot of them are bigger than me, in fact. And they, (laughs) you see, I'm about to, do you see what I just did there? Yeah. Bigger than me, in fact. And I was about to say, is that even possible? Straight away, I went to make a joke about that. Yeah. Shocking that somebody's bigger than me. So to neutralize that, they are a bigger size than me and they are just standing there in their underwear or their bikini or whatever and th- and they are totally cool with it. Yeah. Now I admire them but I'm not ready. No. I'm not ready to be like that. Um I th- I think that's where this came from this co- this whole conversation uh for me uh not just with you but with anybody that I'm I'm going to be talking to is I admire the intention of the body positivity movement. Um I think it's shifted. I think the concept of it has shifted quite a lot. And I think its originality has been lost. Um, 
but I admired the principle of, you know, fuck it, this is who I am, this is how I look, and I love it, and anybody who doesn't, that's your problem, not mine. I think that's brilliant. And I think there are there's a generation of young women, particularly now, who are growing uh, and embracing their bodies, embracing themselves, feeling empowered, and just giving two fingers up to anybody who disagrees with them, which, you know, all power to their elbows and all the rest of it. But like you say, I'm not there. It's too much of a stretch. The idea about being positive about my body is is that's that that's I don't know if I'll ever get there. Yeah. And actually just not being vile to it. Yeah. Is the aim. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And and actually one of the big turning points for me, it was a big turning point. So I was just you know, I was quite new to to um sea swimming and so following a few new accounts and Ella Chloe, who right. Um, from Outdoor Swimmer magazine. So she posted a picture of her. Now, I would say that we're probably similar size, me and her. And she posted a picture, and somebody had taken a picture of her from a drone. And she was just like doing a starfish pose in the sea. Oh my gosh. I will, I'll, I'll never forget that. And I, she, I mean, when I messaged her and I said about her being inspirational, and she was really embarrassed that I did that. Um, but I, that was so empowering for me yeah. and I just I said I want to do that I want to do that I if if you know if she can do that starfish pose and just be so free I want to do that and you and did I did I did I did and it is a glorious photo <laughs> I'll have to post that one when I said when I post yeah. it up onto Instagram I'll re I'll share that one again and I've actually done more starfish poses now but um, that was so liberating and I you know so my friend stood on the pier and took the photo of me in the starfish and I put it on my I don't really use Facebook anymore but at the time I put it on my Facebook and I it was su such a liberating moment and I yeah. you know this is where we need to encourage each other because if I hadn't have seen that other person do that I would never have done it no and I'm sure that other people will see me do things and think, well, if Sarah can do it, yeah, then I can do it. And people will be the same with you. And you know, you had yeah. you Laura right on your leg, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, and you, yeah. You had. You know, well, I got angry, so I I think um, w when I tried to find because I wanted to plan ahead, I wanted to plan ahead, although. I'm saying this to someone who's swimming in considerably colder waters, but I wanted to make sure that by January, February time, I was still going in the water. So I thought I'll get that wetsuit. And for anybody who's not seen the Instagram post, basically I was left in bits, in absolute bits, because I couldn't get a wetsuit that would fit me. I couldn't find anything easily. It was incredibly stressful and traumatic. And actually it was less about the wetsuit and more about it triggering all of those emotions of not being able to get into clothes that you wanted to wear. But I was in absolute bits. And you said earlier about shaking when you were posting a, a, that photo of yourself in the swim costume. I was... I felt the same when I posted the one of me crying and, and because part of me was going, well, it's a bit fucking navel gazy. It's a bit self-indulgent and, oh, look at her feeling all sad. But then at the same time, it was so real and it was so visceral, my response to it, to trying to find this fucking wetsuit that it was just something I needed to share. And then within an hour, I was raging. I was 
absolutely raging at the injustice of us all being told we should lose weight and get fit and do all of that and yet it is nigh on impossible to find equipment and clothing that works for you when you are in a bigger body I know I, know. I was so angry so yes yeah, so then I texted Laura and said are you up for writing on my ass and I, I mean I knew she would be any opportunity bless her do you know any yeah she's like can you just actually take your clothes off she's always stripping off isn't she, <laughs> she is well but the, isn't that amazing I mean I uh I did have a brief I did have a brief skinny dip in a tidal pool a couple of weeks ago which was my first foray into any kind of getting naked in the water uh, and it was all fine until I stood up to get back out again afterwards mm-hmm. <laughs> stood up and there was a rock that had been hiding us and when I stood up and looked over the rock tits out and everything the dolly p one of our local boats that takes all the charter <laughs> just sort of sailed past <laughs> you're like <"Woo-hoo>, hello <laughs> yeah of all the moments and opportunities so I don't know how often I'm going to get naked in the water but um it was it was to be able to do that and and standing there on the beach while she was writing on my backside and the beach was full there was people everywhere and you could see people wondering what the hell we were doing and then me walking doing the 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 walk of shame in quotes down in your swimming costume down to the shoreline which is the other thing that had always stopped me and I know has stopped other people from sea swimming as well and just standing on the shoreline while she took photos my heart was pounding Yeah, yeah yeah I totally hear you. And actually, really interesting what you were saying about not being able to buy the equipment. I mean, I I managed to get when I I don't I swim skins now, um, but I when I first started, I borrowed a, a man's wetsuit. Yeah. Obviously, women aren't meant to be this size. Apparently, mm. um, don't get me started. But mm. eventually, I you know eventually I found like a rash vest and um, leggings which were my size. But I I did a post um, a while back now, and I was furious. So you know you get those target advertising in your stories, and I yeah. you know I've obviously I keep getting these period pants. Um, they were my target advertising, I think, and. Anyway, it was these it was these pants, whatever they were, whether period pants or whatever. Um, and so they had like, you know, they had small, medium, large, extra large, extra, extra large. And so basically my size was five times extra large. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a straight size. You can go into any shop, well, pretty much any shop, and get my size. Yeah. But that was a 5XL. But they didn't have a five extra small no 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 so they didn't they didn't say oh well those people who are smaller than average Mm. are extra 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 small Mm. they just had oh look at you you big massive fat cow you have to go multiple times extra large there's a tiny part of me that would like sizing to be (laughs) called this is for you you extra fat cow I had a nice experience the other week. I was I got some birthday money and I was buying a really nice um, knitted poncho thing that I'd had my eye on for absolutely ages. And of course, all the shops closed, so um, so I you know I could go and buy this poncho. And so the woman who makes them, she's got a shop, and 
I came out and I was like, what do you think about this one? Um, you know, like color wise. So I had two, two colors to choose from. Like I could honestly, I could almost cry when I think about it. <laughs> but like, so I came out and I said, what do you think about this color? And she, she just looked at me and said, you do know you look amazing, right? I mean, I, honestly, I feel really choked when I think about it. But she said, mm-hmm. you do know you look amazing, right? She said, um, you, you look so... You, you wear it so well and you've just got it with lovely jeans on and the color's really great. And she said, you honestly look amazing. And just for her just to say that, now she wasn't trying to make me buy. She'd yeah. already sold the top. I was yeah. buying the top. I had a voucher. She was not trying. I had a voucher for that shop. She she was not trying to make me buy a top. She was trying, she was showing me I had real beauty, real beauty, and just to own it. She said, Sarah, I look at you, and she said, you stand there so confidently. And she said, I'm always watching people when, you know, when they walk down the street because I work in fashion, and should I look at people's color, you know, what colors they're wearing, how they're walking, how confident they are. She said, I'm always watching people. And she said, you just look confident, your skin looks great. You're, you're smiling. You're, you should everything. And mm. I, I just think back to that moment. I don't know if she even realizes what an effect that had on me, but it, it was profound. Uh, absolutely profound, absolutely profound. And, and, and I also now make that connection when I wear that top. Yeah. I always think I look amazing. I, you do know, you know, and now I look in the mirror and it's like, you do know you look amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> And it is two forward and one back. I have to I have to go back with I have to keep telling myself that. I have to keep doing that mm. because there's times when I don't feel like that. But um a bit but I am definitely a work in progress and I'm making good strides. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I think the more you know, I'm all for telling random people in a street that they look great. Yeah. Uh, it embarrasses my children no end but I will tell somebody I mean always a woman I never t- yeah. say anything to any yeah. of the blokes yeah. if I Which see a woman a bit creepy if you do that to men isn't it a hey, bit, look, sorry. it's a bit creepy if you do that to men isn't it <laughs> less creepy than when they do it to us yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I um I will always stop and tell somebody if I think they look great because I just I would I want to tell them I think that you know I think they look great that outfit is great that dress is amazing or whatever it might be and I just think the more as women particularly the more that we can tell each other if we look great not in a you've lost lost weight you look great or you know have you been working out you look great none of that that I'm not interested in that it's something to do with that energy that radiates and that confidence and the way that we're we're carrying ourselves or wearing something and And it's that it's totally and that's what um I can't remember who it was but I think it was the I think it was the woman who was taking my photo for that um swimsuit um because I'm a model you know now yeah Um, but I think she she said to me, Sarah, people are not looking at your size. They're looking at your energy. Yeah. And she said, and you have a really positive energy. You have a great energy. And that is what they're seeing. Yeah. They're not looking at your size. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, if they don't like it, don't look. But um, the other thing I was going to say was I um, – sorry, I know getting a wedding edge raise is really hard for you. but no, I I'm sure. I'm, yeah, This isn't about me. I want to talk to you. It's fine. Go. Um. <laughs> So the other thing is, is I've watched this film a couple of times and I watched it with my husband recently. I feel pretty. I don't know if you've seen that film. 
I've such a film. great film. I sobbed watching that film oh, with my daughter just... and couldn't explain to her why. So fantastic. And it was, you know, for those listeners who haven't seen it, there's a woman and there's nothing wrong with her. This is the interesting thing. Mm. There's nothing wrong with her. She's perfectly ordinary size. But in the film, she's not um, Hollywood pretty, you know. Mm. So in the film, she's she just kind of feels like she's a little bit bigger than the other people and she's quite plain and dowdy. And, and then she gets a hit on the head and then she just perceives herself totally different. So it's exactly the same person, but she just perceives herself totally differently. Mm. And then it it totally transforms her life mm. exactly the same person but how she's looking at herself is so different and it's such a powerful powerful movie um I think everybody should watch it I would love for you know I'd love to see that shown in schools and things because it's just so powerful yeah um the way she you know like just everything she's you know she's she, just the way she goes into bars and she's like, yeah, I know you're checking me out. <laughs> <laughs> such a great film. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And I think uh, it's that's a good place to um, to wrap things up, really. It's just that idea of we've just got to own who we are yeah. and everything else follows. And, yeah. you know, if you've got good energy and you give out good vibes, then that's what's beautiful and that's what's uh, engaging for people and that's what makes people want to sort of talk to you more and have more to do with you and, um, and yeah, I don't know, it's just more important, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. It's something that I'm learning more and more and the, the thing is it's not, I'm not trying to fake that energy. It's, I genuinely, I genuinely have a lively disposition. I'm genuinely, you know, it's genuine. It's not, I, I, I can't stand fake no uh, I I really try to keep it real and unauthentic and some and and people love that yeah but definitely you know working on your what you know look at yourself in the mirror and just say you do know you look amazing right because mm. uh, true true story absolutely true story absolutely <laughs> hey Sarah you do know you look amazing right <laughs> absolutely agree and you know back at your sister Thanks. Thank you so, so, so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for asking me. That's all right. Let's hope that it is more than just me and you that hear it. But even if it isn't, it's been very valuable for me and I appreciate it. It's been really good to talk, yeah. Just just remind me the title of your book. It's called Soft on My Skin. And where can people get it from? You, well, you can get it from Amazon or um, Waterstones or my own personal website, sarahkennedynorkoy.com. Brilliant. I will put links in and all the rest of it so that if anybody wants to uh, buy it or... And it, that's digital and paperback, isn't it? You can get yeah, both you can get versions. On, you can get it on Kindle or, um, or you know, printed. Yeah, either. Yeah, I'm reading it at the moment and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. So uh, yeah. thank you for chatting and thank you for writing the book. You're very welcome. Isn't Sarah lovely? It was great to break my podcast recording cherry with her. Please do check out her book, Salt on My Skin, available via her website or Amazon. There's links in the podcast info. If you'd like to give her Insta a follow, she's at Sea Salt and Sarah. 
If you've any thoughts following today's chat, feel free to tag me on Twitter or Instagram at How to Breathe So You Don't Look Fat, or you can email me at How to Breathe Podcast at gmail.com. Next week, we talk with former professional dancer, studio owner, Pilates teacher, and all round funny woman, Claire Meerden. We talk about how being a dancer shaped her relationship with her body, the pressure she feels to look the part for her job, and perhaps most pertinently, what Lionel Richie smells like. You do not want to miss that. If you can, please do like, rate and subscribe to the podcast. I'd be extremely grateful, not least because it helps more people find us and I'd love to get these chats out to as many as possible. For now, thanks to Mike Hall for editing and music, to my guest Sarah for being lovely, and thank you very much for your time. See you next week.